felt like I had some sort of progress made, even though it wasn't really. But from there, it was, okay, what can I do next? What can I actually do that will make me feel like I'm making progress towards health or healing or normal or where I was before? We know the number. We know how many episodes. Why? Because we want to feel the progress. 101 rounds of book club in a row. I feel good about that. I, that's why you measure things, not just to get to the goal, but because it feels good to measure it. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your co-host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. We bring you seven episodes per week to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode. It was episode number 1,263, Getting Over the February Blues. I still do not know how to pronounce that month correctly. Today, for episode number 1,264, One Feeling We Are All After. So, if we flashback, is that a thing? Flashback? Mm -hmm. Flash forward, flashback? If we do a flashback to, I believe, 2018, Alan? Circa 2018. When did we go to Brendan Burchard event? 2018? 2018 and 2019. Two different events. Okay, 2018 was the one I'm thinking of. So, in, in 2018, Alan comes to me and says, hey man, we got free tickets to this Brendan Burchard event. I think it was free, right? We got free tickets? We need to go to this. Two free tickets. Two free tickets to Paradise. It was it's actually in, only one, and then I said my business partner. Huh? Ah, really? Sold. Yeah. Sold. You sold. Did it. Uh, it's in Arizona. It's the only downside. It's in Arizona. And I was like, okay. So we ended up going with one of our mentors at the time. So at this point, I had only been on a plane so brother, four that, times. That was the 2019 event. Which one was? The one that we went with one of our mentors. In 2018, we went alone. You and I. We went solo dolo 2018. No. Yeah, man. No. no. Yeah, 2019 was in Arizona. No. Yep. No. On no, the no. golf course? Yes. No, 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 no. Truth. No. No, no, no. Because when we interviewed Anthony Trucks, we were by ourselves. And that was in California. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. Son? Is that true? That's for certain true. Yeah, Arizona was the first one. San Diego was the second one. San I'm Diego all mess- one. I'm all mixed up on my it's events. Okay. It's okay. I'm so, all hopped up on Mountain Dew. Uh, hop, hopped up on Mountain Dew. So we went to Arizona. Challenge me again, and Sorry. I will smite. I will smite you. <laughs> no, it's okay. And this was the I had gone to England, I think the that year or the year before, which was like a whole thing when it comes to flying because as you know I'm afraid of flights. So that was a whole thing. At this point, I was kind of dealing with anxiety because I had been in the anxiety zone for so long, just in business and being broke and trying to figure out this entrepreneurial thing with Alan and having no certainty in my life and just being kind of miserable at times. Can you describe what the anxiety zone means before we move on? Yes. Yeah. So if you think of it as, yeah, if you think of it as a bullseye, the center of the bullseye is your comfort zone. 
This is you kind of just living life. You don't really think about it. Everything's kind of unconscious. It's not much of a challenge. You're pretty comfortable there. The next layer outside of that is the learning zone. So this is where you're being stretched. This is where you're being challenged, but this is where you're learning. It's kind of where you want to live. And then outside of the learning zone is the anxiety zone. I kind of call this the thin air zone or the underwater zone where you can't really live there. You can visit there and you can experience it. And potentially there are times where there will be constructive things that come from that. But if you live there too long, it becomes pretty deconstructive or destructive. I said Alan's word, deconstructive. So I had kind of lived there. I left my job in 2018. I had been an entrepreneur at this point for all of 2018. And now we're at some point in 2019 uh, or late in 2018, whatever it was we went. And I had no money. I was living on credit cards at this point. It was just, there was a lot of stress in my life. So I remember we, was this the time? I don't know. I'm getting all the stories confused. I don't remember. I don't know if that, was that the time we went and saw Eddie Panero when we went to Florida? That was the time. I believe so. Okay, we're going to skip that part of the story completely because I can't remember. We go out to Arizona for this event. Okay, I'm and with you. We're, we're at a Brendan Burchard event. And yep. I remember telling Alan, I was like, hey man, I'm having trouble breathing out here. I don't know if it's because it's 110 degrees in Arizona or I don't know what it is, but like I'm struggling. I'm struggling to breathe. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, not, as much as you're funny. struggling to tell this story. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a tough story to tell. So <laughs> this is fun. I remember this is fun. This is the last one we're doing of the day. It's been a long day of of masterminding. Thank you and, for bearing with Kevin's yeah, story yeah, this, right now. This isn't the best episode. <clears throat> Although we'll I'm sure I've had some doozies. Yeah, of course. So if you interrupt me again, I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm going to leave the room, and then never to return. Perfect. We're good. We're good. <laughs> so we're at we're in Arizona at an event. Okay, and. I remember when we got there, I told Alan, I said, I can't breathe. My There's something up with my throat. I don't know if it's asthma. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's allergies, but I'm struggling to breathe. We go to the event and I remember the best way to explain it is it felt like there was a string in my mouth that was like down into my stomach. It felt like I, I swallowed something and got stuck in my throat. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here. We go out to lunch at... I don't know, first day, the second day. And it's like 110 degrees in Arizona. And I remember I was like, I cannot, I don't know if I can be outside right now. Like I can't breathe. I, again, I don't know if it's allergies. Is the, the allergies different in Arizona? I don't know. Is it because it's super hot? I used to have asthma. I don't know. So we get to the second day of this event, I believe it was. Dr. Jen Esker at Doc Jen Fit, we've had on the podcast a couple times. She did this like breathing thing. It was some sort of breath work. I couldn't do it because I couldn't catch my breath. I was like, I'm, this is not good. Come to find out. Actually, I didn't find it this out yet. So we go through this. I think it's a three or four day event. We end up flying home. When I got home, I literally spent two weeks in bed because I was like, I am sick. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if I have asthma again. I don't know if I'm, if I have really bad allergies. I don't know what the hell is going on. I end up finding out that I have anxiety. That's anxiety. And a couple days later, I ended up having a panic attack when I got back. And I remember talking to, uh, I knew one of my buddies was dating a nurse and I was talking to her. I was like, what is all this? And she's like, well, it sounds like you have anxiety. I went and got an inhaler. I went to the doctors and got tested. I got a bunch of different medication and I found out it was anxiety. It got to the point when I was dealing with this anxiety where I literally couldn't put my head under the covers when I was going to sleep. I went to the gym and I would 
there were certain exercises I just couldn't do because my heart would start beating so fast that I would think I was going to have a panic attack and I would have to stop working out. I couldn't box for months. And I just started going to the gym and walking on the treadmill. That was like, all right, that's all I can do right now. I'm not going to be able to box. I can't run. You know, this is very, very humbling. The point of that is I was trying to make progress. The second I figured out, okay, this is anxiety, I felt like I had some sort of progress made, even though it wasn't really. But from there, it was, okay, what can I do next? What can I actually do that will make me feel like I'm making progress towards health or healing or normal or where I was before? So I start walking on the treadmill. And that was my thing. I started walking on the treadmill. And then from there, it was like, okay, I can walk on an incline on the treadmill. I can do the stair mill. Interesting. Now I'm able to do full workouts without feeling like I'm going to have a panic attack. Interesting. Now I can do legs again because I had panic attacks in the squat rack twice, which is like the worst thing of all time. So I'm able to do leg day. Awesome. Then I throw on the boxing gloves. I'm, at, I'm able to box for a little period of time. Awesome. Then I'm able to kickbox. Awesome. And then I'm able to do longer rounds. Progress, progress, progress. The reason I bring that up is because after COVID, which was last month or I don't even know when it was, but I have been struggling at the gym because I've been having anxiety again. Anxiety around breathing because that's one of my fears, one of my irrational fear, not irrational, but one of my fears is not being able to breathe. One of my fears is having a panic attack because that's the scariest thing in the world. Shout out to you if you've struggled with that. So I'm just at the point now where I just began boxing again. Yesterday, last night was the first time I've been able to box since COVID. Here's where the whole story comes together. So yesterday, so Sunday, Tara and I went out to brunch with her family and her mom's a nurse. And I said, hey, can I ask you a question? Is it all in my head that I can't breathe or is that like a post-COVID symptom? Like what, what should I be looking out for? And she said, well, you should make a doctor's appointment to make sure. But she kind of, she gave me advice. She said, I, I would test it a little and see how you feel. Like see how much of it's in your head and see what you can do. So last night I couldn't fall asleep. Sunday night I couldn't fall asleep. And I went to the gym at 1030 at night and I got a really good workout in really good lift. And I was like, all right, let me push this. Like, let me see. I need to feel like I'm making progress, right? I was so excited to go to the gym and try to practice progress. So I set up my phone and I ended up doing three, five minute rounds of just some light shadow boxing. And I felt great. Now I feel like I made progress. Now I feel on fire. I feel really, really good. Even though nothing has changed. I, I'm not anymore in shape. I, you know, I did a little bit, but it feels like progress. The one feeling we are all after, finally, I get to the punchline of this entire episode, <laughs> is progress. When you're starting something, I think we're so afraid we're going to fail that we don't focus on progress. When you're new to something, you're focusing on how much further you have to go, not the progress you've made thus far. So I just thought it would be interesting to talk about that because even from this standpoint, I went to the gym and did three or so, sorry, five, three minute rounds before I was doing 10, five minute rounds easily. Now it was a struggle. Yeah. But I, there's no possible, possible way I could do that right now, but I do feel like I'm making progress towards getting back to where I was. And I think that's the one feeling at the end of the day we're all after, and that's what keeps us going. So how do you make, how do you make progress and focus on measuring the progress that you're making? My apologies. It took me so long to get there, but I wanted to tell the details of the story and then I couldn't remember most of the details of the story. I <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, my name's John Larido, and I just wanted to uh, give a big shout out to Kevin Palmieri. I had uh, reached out to him. He had been referred to me when I had shared with a friend of mine some interest in uh, doing a podcast. And he said, you've got to use Kevin. He's fantastic. He's the best around. He'll get you started and off the ground and and uh, soaring high. Uh, Kevin was phenomenal in terms of leading me through the whole process and not just easy to work with, but really, really knows his stuff. So whether you're looking for somebody to, to help you and get you started or somebody as I've done where I'm putting it entirely in his hands because I've got total trust and confidence in him, any of those ends of the spectrum, you're gonna have a lot of success and a lot of fun working with Kevin. Trust me, thanks. I think, I do think that progress toward meaningful goals will be deeply fulfilling. And I think that the moment that you set a goal, no matter what it is, conscious or unconscious, there's always going to be emotional, I call it an emotional guidance system. So you set a goal to, for Kev, you wanted to lose how many pounds before Next Level Live? Oh man, I wanted to get to 170. That is not going to happen. Okay. Uh, what's your new pivot goal? I don't necessarily even have a goal for Next Level Live. Mine okay. Now it's 170 by June. So that's like my three month my 90-day-ish okay. goals. All right, so 170 by June for Kev. The moment that you lock in on a target like that, a goal, now your emotional guidance system tries to guide you. When you're off track of that goal, your emotions will probably say, hey, 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 anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. You need to do something differently. This isn't working. We're not, we're not getting it done. And when you do step on the scale and you're ahead of schedule, your emotions say, feel good, feel good, feel good. And so one of the things that I think is really challenging for people, and I hope this lands in a new way, particularly after Kevin's story, where when you set a goal that is clear and specific, I'll do this quickly, but SMART goals, Emilia and I created SMARTER goals, and it's, it's specific, measurable, achievable, um, What's the R? Realistic. Realistic. Time bound is the T. And then ER. So I, I call it evaluate. And then she does report. I like rinse and repeat, which is do it again. Continue it continuously. So smarter goals. But anyways, so assuming you have a smarter goal, your emotions are going to guide you. And so Kev, a lot of people want to feel good. But the problem is, is that the moment you set a goal immediately your emotions get wired and there's a lot of science underneath this. Your emotions get wired to are we making progress or not? And this comes from the days of hunter-gatherer when it's like you have a goal to go hunt and, and bring back food. You're supposed to feel bad when there's not enough food. You're supposed to, and why? Because when you get a feeling of anxiety or feeling bad, um, it's like you're supposed to innovate. Okay, we need to go hunt more. Okay, we're ahead of schedule. We're good. We have enough food. Okay, rest easy. Rest easy, we have enough food. So our emotional guidance system gets all messed up when we're too far outside of our comfort zone, Kev, because we get these trauma responses. And so for you, you lived way far outside your comfort zone. It's almost like, in a way, you set goals. For example, go to two events and fly all over the country multiple times when, you, when you're scared of flying and have never flown before. So, so think about it this way. When was your first time flying ever? Uh, I went to Florida once when I was like 10, and then I went to England the year before we did the events. Okay. And I was terrified. So, so listeners, get this for a second. Kevin 
flew once when he was 10, decided that he didn't like flying, and I'm assuming that was probably not a great experience. Is that fair? No, I just, I don't like it. It was, the okay. experience was fine. It's just a fear of mine. Okay, fair. So, so Kevin's afraid of flying, aka anxiety. What is, what is anxiety? It's, it's overwhelming fear. It's overwhelming emotions. It's feeling stuck and overwhelmed. Okay, so Kev goes from, from 10 to when did you go to England? How old were you? Probably 24, 25. Okay, so for 15 years, you were afraid of flying and didn't fly at all, mm-hmm. right? And then in the next five years, you basically flew how many times if, if you had to count? Oh, man. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven or eight. Okay, so Kevin went from for 15 years without flying at all to flying eight times within basically two and a half years. And that's called the anxiety zone. It's a lot of travel for someone who didn't work up to it. And this is the analogy. Imagine someone who's never been in the gym before, and then they come in the gym with Kev, and Kev says, hey, throw on three plates. We're going to squat today. Son. Of course they're going to get injured. And so I think that... And again, I don't, I don't want to go down the science rabbit hole or the psychology rabbit hole. I'm not a clinician, so I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. What I will say is that everyone has a comfort zone, everyone has a learning zone, and everyone has an anxiety zone. And I didn't know this at the time, Kev, but you were living way into your anxiety zone. Yeah. And what I think we should all focus on more than anything is progress toward our goals at the level that we can comfortably be uncomfortable. You can't be comfortable all the time. You, you can't. If you set a goal, you're supposed to have some challenge. It's supposed to be difficult, mm. but not to the point where it's, it's detrimental to your mental health, not to the point where it's detrimental from an anxiety perspective. And so this is what I wanted to share is our executive admin team, we call it EA Dream Team. It's Jenna, myself, and Amy. And they're my executive admins, and we have this awesome accountability thing going on where we have our own little WhatsApp group, and we have our own iMessage group, and it's called EA Dream Team. And every single day, so basically Jenna's been crushing it in fitness lately, and she's been sharing progress pics. And Amy asked for help, and so I'm like, okay, let's us three send progress pics. Mm. And one feeling we're all after is progress. So us sending each other progress pictures isn't just keeping each other accountable and motivating each other, but it's also making us feel good. And so, yes, it's challenging to get to the gym, but when you get to post that photo with a group of people, it feels good to say, you know what, we showed up anyway. And so whatever that is for you, you and this is the question that I wrote down, how are you feeling the progress? How, how do you make it? I mean, notice how Kevin and I, 1264, we know the number. We know how many episodes. Why? Because we want to feel the progress. 101 rounds of book club in a row. I feel good about that. Yeah. I. That's why you measure things. Not just to get to the goal, but because it feels good to measure it. 350 whatever days. Uh, 62, I think. Days in the gym. I'm measuring it so that I get the, the good feelings. Otherwise, it's all going to be challenge and anxiety. W- when you set goals... And you work toward them, dreams, heart-driven but no BS, you're, you're going to have challenge and you're going to have some anxiety. That is the way it works. Stephen Kotler, uh, when we interviewed him, he said, I've written 12 books, two of which never got published. I've, the 10 that did get published, I've never once finished a book without literally sitting on the floor in the fetal position crying. Like, when you set big goals, 
it's going to be difficult. Okay, fair. If it's going to be difficult, at very least, let's celebrate the progress and let's feel good along the way at least half the time, which is this feeling everyone's after, which is progress. Well, and the last thing I'll add is sometimes, this is the interesting thing, sometimes progress is you going back into your comfort zone to start again. Oh, definitely. All right, that's, for me, like the boxing thing I did yesterday, that was not a workout. If I did that a a year ago, that would have been a joke. It's like, that's a warm up. That's nothing. That's nothing. I didn't even hit the bag because the the room was locked. So I was just shadow boxing. That's not, that's not challenging for me, old Kevin. But yesterday, that's where I started. That was mm-hmm. progress for me. That was in the comfort zone. When you're coming back from an injury, I when I was in, I don't know, my early twenties, late teens, early twenties, I tore my shoulder and I had to get surgery. You better believe when I could like take my arm out of the sling. That was progress, and that's what I was after. I wasn't after getting back to the original shape I was or getting my full strength back. I was after like, show me some sort of progress here. Show me something is actually happening and something is working. So I remember you used to do these kettlebells at Anytime Fitness way back in our early 20s. You used to do kettlebell presses over your shoulder. I don't remember um, I used to watch you do that. And what, it, was, was, it I, was actually fairly lightweight, which might have been because of your shoulder. I don't know. It probably was. Yeah. It probably was. That was back yeah, when that's, you were training MMA. Yeah. No, that's when it happened. Yeah. it's It's hard because I think we we compare where we are today to where we used to be. And sometimes that's that's good. It's like that can be constructive, but not if you're dealing with certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's what's been really hard for me is like, it's... Well, your old identity is... Right. I can, I can overhead press, you know, whatever 165 it is. or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. For me now, it's like, I want to go to the gym. And it's, it's interesting because it, it helps you figure out what you're really grateful for. But I want to go to the gym and I want to box and I want to like get sweaty and I want to get winded and I want to get tired. But I am not currently capable of doing it at the level I used to. So it doesn't feel like progress to go do it. Ah, I'm not going to do it. I'll just wait. Yeah. You can't just wait until you're actually going to be where you used to be because that's not you're not going to make progress. So that was my goal in this episode. Again, my apologies for the long-winded story. I should have done more research to figure out exactly when it was. But <laughs> that that's what happened. I have already rehabbed this quote-unquote anxiety feeling. I've already done this. I've been through this before. So at least I understand this is what progress looks like. I had a great workout last night. I felt fine after. So now I can push it a little bit more and then kind of go from there. Anything you want to add before we go? One last lesson that was fascinating in there. At one point, Kevin was probably um, frustrated with, oh, I got to go to the gym again and X, Y, Z. And now, isn't it so interesting? You're like, I can't wait till I can actually yeah. train again like yeah. that. So I think there's a lesson in that. I remember one time, I'll go really quickly with this, but I I was squatting pretty heavy weight back then. And again, for me, this was heavy. For you, it probably wouldn't be, but I think it was two and a half plates on each side. And I remember I was in New York City um, with my girlfriend at the time and my, my aunt, who was coaching me at the time, had this really nice place there. And there was a gym, like in a high rise gym. Mm. And I remember it was the only me there. And I remember I I was doing weight and I almost um, tore my knee. My left knee like buckled when I was at the mm. bottom of the weight. And I remember I went from like frustrated that I had to work out that day to like, oh my God, I'm so grateful I didn't just get injured. I'm so grateful I can still lift. Mm. And so I, I shifted so quickly from like annoyed that I'm in the gym when no one else is because it was empty to like, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't just injure myself and I get to squat. 
I went from have to to get to so quick. And I think there's a huge lesson in there too. And maybe we should do an episode on that at some point. I like it. I like it. Next level nation. If you're listening to this, it is March already, which is truly, truly mind blowing. April 1st, 2023, you and 49 other amazing humans all focused on growth, all focused on character and focused on becoming the best versions of themselves. Live in one room with Alan and myself, it is Next Level Live 2023, Worcester, Massachusetts. If you have heard me talk about it and you haven't purchased tickets and you want to, please do. If you are local, we would love to have you. There's something about a live event. Even in that story, I went to a live event with Alan and that shifted my life forever. Now, for me, maybe it was in different ways Then hopefully it'll be for you, but there is something about being in a room with other people, the energy. You can't really replicate in-person energy. So please join us if you're interested. Everything you need to know will be in the show notes below. The best way to describe it is this podcast is like listening to your favorite song on Spotify. Being at the event. Hopefully your favorite. Hopefully your favorite. Hopefully your favorite song on Spotify and or podcast on Spotify. The live event will be like the concert. And again, the concert hopefully will be more fun or hopefully is more fun. I do think it will be. Uh, Okay, so... Next Level Nation, if you're listening to this show and you're not in Next Level Nation, it's kind of like, okay, we hear a lot about it. Why would you be in there? So the leader of Next Level Nation is Amy L. You heard about her on our last episode. She's the one who did 200 days in a row. She's been asking these really awesome and compelling questions. Obviously, if you're into Next Level You, you're into self-awareness. She posted a question about if you had to give a keynote speech for 30 minutes without any notes, what would it be on? The answers were awesome. There was like, I want to say 30 plus comments on that post. Why should you be in Next Level Nation? First of all, connect with the community, hear other people's answers, but it's a safe place to explore who you are. The questions that she's been putting in there and that people have been putting in there are really good at getting you to think. I've actually been answering all of the questions that get put in there and it's getting me to see myself at a deeper level and a more accurate level as well. I mean, even even just that question right there. If you had to give a keynote for 30 minutes without any notes, what would it be on? For me, I said... Designing a life of fulfillment. Kev, what did you say? Did you answer that one? I did. I don't remember. Maybe podcasting probably? Probably podcasting. Yeah. But it, it, it just gets you to see yourself in a deeper level. And these questions have been fired. So join us in Next Level Nation. The link will be in the show notes. Probably podcasting. Maybe storytelling. I would probably would have said before this episode. Maybe not storytelling. I'd probably have to take some notes in order to, in order to make a powerful, value-driven presentation. Next Level Nation tomorrow for episode number 1,265, which blows my mind. It's a lot of episodes. 1,265. 1,265. I remember it feels like we just crossed 1,000. It feels like we just crossed 1,200. We did, but it, it just happened so quickly. You remember what when is, you first interviewed me, man? Of course. Way back in the day? Yeah, it wasn't good. Wasn't good. Wasn't a great interview. You I do. swore right in the intro. Yes, I did. Just Shame saying. on me. Shame it's on me. It's crazy to look back. Crazy. It is. It is. Uh, for episode number 1,265, Alan, do you know mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about? I we don't. Do not. I no. told you yet. What's your number one non-negotiable? Somebody asked me, mm. what made the biggest difference over the last however many years it's been? And I was like, interesting. I have to think of my number one non-negotiable. So we're going to talk about that. I As know always. What yours is. You can't, don't say it. I won't say it. Okay. It's a surprise. As always, don't say it. As, as always, we love you, appreciate you, grateful for each and every one of you. And, and, and at NLU, we don't have fans. We have family. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Please reach out. <laughs>
Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. We mean it when we say family. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us directly. Everything you need to get a hold of us is in the show notes. Thank you again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.